Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Joining me on today's Brand Story, Inc., our guest is Rachel Jacobson, the president of the Drone Racing League. Rachel started her job during the quarantine after three years at a women's investment firm startup and a 21-year stint at the NBA where she was the SVP of business development, or as I like to say, the chief rainmaker. Uh, You can follow Rachel on Twitter at Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L-R, Jacobson. G-A-A-C-O-B-S-O-N. And we are so thrilled to have Rachel. Rachel, thanks for joining us today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I I have to say I'm super excited and we're going to dive in, but the Drone Racing League does so much. I'm going to start with the most succinct, um, I think, point on description that I've seen, and then you can tell me everything that I said wrong about it. But um, so, <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, um, I'm relatively new to it myself. The Drone Racing League is the global professional drone racing circuit, which is seen on NBC, Twitter, and other premier sport networks internationally. Uh, and they have elite pilots who race DRL's high-speed first-person view, FPV, if you want to pretend like you know the acronyms. These first-person view drones through the most thrilling three-dimensional courses ever created outside of a video game in iconic locations around the globe. They combine cutting-edge drone technology, custom content, and visually stunning live and virtual drone racing events. DRL brings the sport of the future to 250 million fans around the world. Rachel, how did I do? You did amazing. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an, exci- it's an exciting time for the Drone Racing League. Since, as we record, you're just at the start of a a TV season on the DRL Sim Cup, Sim for Simulator, which is on the NBC Sports Network on Saturdays. Uh, Let's start there. Explain what this is, how it works, and how it seems tailor-made for a COVID-19 audience. Definitely. like So, so many sports properties during COVID have just been paralyzed in terms of live events and what can be done to get in front of our fans globally. And we had a unique opportunity because our pilots are all around the world. So our partners at NBC, who didn't have a lot to show when we think about the normal stick and ball sports that may be on this time of year, but we were closely with them to spin up our first ever virtual drone racing series. So we got our best pilots around the world, 12 of them, uh, right now to compete from their homes. And we had them, uh, you know, we have fantasy going on against this. And really what it's an opportunity is to get in front of such a new demographic when you think about the sports landscape right now. And we're doing it all for charity. uh, And it's just family fun that's, uh, you know, something that we're excited to bring to a greater audience right now. It's super cool. And, and just one of the many reasons I wanted to have Rachel on because I, I th- and I'm, the reason she's on, I'm not saying this just because she, you're on with me, is the fact that I think <laughs> you guys have been one of the most agile, um, adept brands that I've seen in the entire sports landscape uh, since the world changed back in, back in March for all of us. So I think, and- oh, so go ahead. 
Yeah, and you know, you said it perfectly. As we sit here, our sport organically is blending the digital and the real on a daily basis. So that's what made it so easy for us to lean in to the esports side because we already had that up and running and to develop this new nationally televised uh, competition for the masses. So thank you for saying that. But since I joined a month ago, (laughs) um, we have brilliant engineers, production, marketing, all different teams that are within the DRL organization. And what I've been so impressed with is that, you know, hustle resourcefulness of just pivoting in so many great areas to help communities in need, whatever we can do, but then also just how do we take something that normally would be such a large scale live event and really get, you know, really nimble and figure out the pilots who are sitting at home wanting to compete, how we bring that all together in literally a couple of weeks. It's amazing. I mean, I think, so for those of you listening, if you happen to be at a computer, um, go to thedroneracingleague.com. It really is hard to describe in a words and, and how many different elements there are of your company, which we're going to get into. But the website's really good in terms of showing some sizzle reels and some, and, and it is just, it's it's visually stunning and, and somewhat almost video game-like addictive in terms of um, what you guys are doing. And so to that end, I think, so this podcast is geared towards brand content studios, how to create news content to impact your business. And I've seen you describe your business as a technology company wrapped around a media company or words to that effect. Pull back the curtain for us. Explain the Drone Racing League with, in particular, with details on like the internally how you're staffed, and particularly through the lens of of a brand that thinks about themselves um, like in a content studio mindset. So it's a great question because so many sports properties are set up differently, and to help you really understand what this looks like, I'll start at the foundation. So we own our ecosystem. So when you think about content and being able to control everything from the media in-house to the technology to the pilots and production, we're already starting out 12 feet ahead Mm -hmm. than so many other businesses because we have that all in-house. And literally, when you look at the composition of our employees, more than half of the company are actually engineers that are in our building. Well, right now, not in the building, (laughs) (laughs) but they're creating proprietary drone technology from scratch and innovating on the daily. So when you think about the fleets of drones that we fly for live events, as well as our esports area, that all comes from in-house and the brilliance of our engineers. We're setting Guinness World Records for the fastest drones and all these accolades that you know I've now come to learn about in terms of that tech side of the business. And then on the media side, we have an entire media team that's filming and editing all of our broadcast footage to deliver to our partners at NBC, international broadcast partners around the world. When you think about everything from 
the behind the scenes content to the real life broadcast that we can push out across broadcast, digital and social. And as you know, especially during this quarantine, we've seen so much emerge on channels like TikTok and Instagram, and then obviously some of the normal ones when we think about streaming on Twitter and other things that we've been doing to, again, give our fans really a firsthand look at everything going on in our business. I thought it was was interesting, Rachel, I jump in there. Um, For those listening, uh, your first episode of this, of the DRL Sim Cup, um, which you actually have a sponsor for, FanDuel, which we'll talk about, which is amazing. Great to see on many levels. Um, you, you, they had three hundred. You guys had three hundred thousand plus views of that on Twitter, right? I mean, that's a that's an that's incredible. And so I'm curious um, to kind of speak to that element because you have. Uh, and I'd love a little more flavor. It, it, you have producers and videographers and content creators under your roof, right? You said to to capture um, the content, and then it's almost like you're your own media company, and you're using uh, traditional media partners like NBC Sports as just a distribution platform. Probably no different in the way that Twitter is a distribution platform or TikTok, like you're talking about that. Do you have those? Uh, are your are your internal media folks that are creating the content also working with your social media team or the same people? Maybe you could describe how that works. Sure, sure. So we have a community within DRL that are actually getting the content. So when you think about, you know, some of the personalities of our pilots that we are pushing out on TikTok, they are working hand in hand with then our social media team knowing there's a different audience on Instagram for Facebook for mm-hmm. Snapchat um, and Twitter. And what is the relevant content for each of those audiences? So we actually have a different social strategy for each of our channels. Mm-hmm. Same thing on the digital side, um, because, you know, even my own, when I think about, uh, you know, what I'm on, what I'm following, Nobody likes to see the same picture or video posted across all the different channels. Mm-hmm. So that's why we worked really hard to better understand the communities. We spoke with our friends at Twitter last week, um, as well as TikTok. And as we get more um, data and analytics around how things are performing, we can then use that to better push out the right pieces of content that we know are just spiking our numbers. It's amazing. Can you give an example maybe on um, the different audiences and, and you know how one might resonate with a different audience? And an example of what you just talked about, because I think it's a really important piece. Uh, we had a previous podcast guest who I love. His name is Andrew Davis. He's one of my favorite content marketers. And he calls it the content vomit, when people just take the same content and just throw it up on every platform and hope it sticks. And so it's it's great to hear you've got that strategy. We'd love to hear an example if you have one of, like, how did you get 300,000 people to view an episode, the, the SIM cup? That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, what's even more incredible when I looked at the numbers, when I first joined, we had already completed our 2019 season, mm-hmm. but to give, you know, to, to invite in a new audience, 
and to be able to keep things really moving as appointment viewing, we restreamed our 2019 season. And on a Wednesday night, we got a million people um, watching that stream. And I think what was the most telling data point there was 95% of the people that watched those streams was a new audience. Wow. So obviously our avid fans had watched it live mm-hmm. during the 2019 season, but as people were kind of at their computers and looking for different things to watch, we were able to bring in, like I said, that new audience on Wednesday nights to watch the restreams. That's super cool. I first noticed the DRL in March. Uh, you guys kind of came to my attention, which was right as probably you were signing the ink on, on your deal to become president. And I, I was stewing over the lack of content innovation in the sports world at the time. And, and quite candidly, was kind of like a guy with a pitchfork on Twitter, just like, where is, what's going on? Like, everyone seemed to be on the heels. <laughs> and, and you guys put out a release, and it was, you were the first brand that I saw come to the market proactively with a plan. And it was uh, at a time when, when, when you were just starting the job or just kind of inheriting that. Share what DRL did with your announcement around STEM and everything else that you were doing, um, how you did it and why you did it. Yeah, so it was, you know, just as I was, you know, a couple weeks before I joined, because obviously we all knew that was happening. Um, But when I officially joined, we had already rushed to market with an amazing STEM program. And as a mom... Um, and my husband, who are homeschooling our 10-year-old twins, you know, everyone was thirsting for different activities for the children while they're mm-hmm. home, either on the athletic side or the educational side. So when I heard <laughs> we had this amazing STEM program, I immediately perked up. Um, but what it is, is when schools began closing nationally, um our team had already had a digital first STEM program called DRL Academy, which already was engaging students. But what we did was we opened up the floodgates to provide this free to teachers and schools. And it's everything from a curriculum that is helping to promote STEM programs at a much younger level when you think about how to fly and build racing drones and, you know, being able to have Zoom panels with our champion pilots and learn more about robotics from our amazing engineers and technicians. So all of that programming was mixed together as part of this DRL Academy STEM program. It is so cool. I mean, for those of you, uh, you know, we talked about the simulation, which the the Sim Cup um, by FanDuel, which is currently on an NBC Sports Network on Saturdays, which is super cool. But still, when you go to the DroneRacingLeague.com and you look at the actual live events when humans will be allowed to congregate again, hopefully soon. For those listening, I I guess the best way I could describe it, it, it's it's super cool because it's one of those things where moms and dads and kids could go and and it, it's uh, the best analogy I could make is uh, we're based in Chicago at Teamworks Media and 
the Blue Angels just recently did a little flyby, right? And so, you know, everyone's kind of like looking outside and saying, oh my gosh, look at all these planes flying through the city of Chicago. It's the same thing, just a mini me version, but even cooler because it's got this like Disney World type light effect going. It's, it's, it's incredible. And these things are going, what, you said 90 miles an hour? 90 miles an hour. They go zero to 90 in a second. I mean, that's just, <laughs> who doesn't love that? I mean, that's just cool. I know. I actually can't wait. My um, So we had one of our pilots doing an interactive Zoom chat the other day. I, of course, had my twins, you know, <laughs> tuning in. And, you know, he was talking about, you know, being able to still, you know, fly his drone. He's based in California there. But, of course, I had two sad faces looking at me saying, Mommy, when do we go, you know, out in the backyard and, and learn how to fly a drone? So that is coming. super cool all right so let's dig in on your approach to content we already started to go there i want to i want to go back to it and this i'll say it again that gets a little meta because since you're part of your product unlike many folks we talk to is actually content in many respects so as we dig into it piece by piece i thought um maybe we go now to the a little bit more of the business side How, how does the drl make money So just like any traditional sports league, I came from the NBA, very similar model when you think about the commercial side of the business, partnerships, media rights, tickets to live events, merchandise, kind of all of those Mm -hmm. areas, downloads to our video game, um, you know, all of those area really compile when you think about, you know, the revenue generating areas. Um, And we're constantly figuring out as you look at trends, because we are technology driven, we literally fly in a different space. Mm -hmm. It's not just while we have partnerships with companies that are endemic to sports. When you think about some of the largest vendors, whether it's automotive insurance, beer, um, of course, they're going to want to straddle both their traditional sports the esports, kind of the cutting edge and emerging. But because we literally are making our own drones that fly on networks, um, we have this whole technology side of the business that gets me personally excited when you think about companies that tech is at the foundation Mm -hmm. of their business as well. So it really allows us to have these organic discussions that's not too far from our business when you think about tech being, you know, so instrumental to everything that we do. How big is your staff? So we have um, over 100 people uh-huh. in a few different audiences, a few different areas. Yeah. Um, when you look at our engineers, when you look at our marketing team, our production team. So, yeah. There's there's a number of us. We have uh, some people on the ground overseas as well. When you look at our um, emerging footprint in China, which is a huge market for us, mm-hmm. China like so many other um, sports leagues, it's it's a huge market for us. And we have people on the ground. Um, you know, we have you know a huge business when we look at the social channels there as well of what we're doing across Weibo and Yoku. Um, so, you know, there's you're going to see much more there. I think from a global pandemic standpoint, 
we're seeing that open up a bit more. Um, we're even looking at, you know, what does the back end of 2020 look like mm-hmm. uh, to, do, to do some programming there, as you can imagine. Right. So you touched on uh, one thing I skipped over, the pilots or the players, or I'm not sure the right acronym, but the competitors, the competitive nature. How does that work? How many are there? How does one become one? Just curious. Yeah. So we have kind of how it works is there's thousands, as you can imagine, of aspiring pilots Mm -hmm. that try out every year for the league through our annual esports tournament. Okay. Um, So almost think about it as like a draft combine Mm -hmm. or one of those other analogies. Um, And what happens then is we have these DRL sim tryouts. Um, and you know, it allows everyone to really understand, uh, you know, the pilot pool and we would take one pilot out of the SIM aspect. So you're able to compete no matter where you are on the SIM and we'll pick one pilot from there. Okay. And then regarding the other pilots, everything else is grassroots events. So we have returning pilots from last year that, you know, won the different races throughout the year. And then we'll actually host at these different events um, in the States that they'll be able to qualify. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for that. So we touched, you are welcome. We touched on a lot of different elements of content and, and the different platforms and you have different strategies. Is, is, there, is there one that's performing significantly better than the other for you in in terms of platforms, whether it's TikTok or Twitter or YouTube or. Definitely we're seeing social blowing up, particularly TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been the, whether it's of the moment or it will last. I mean, I think it'll last. I mm-hmm. personally love it. I think it's fun, you know, People are showing their personalities. They're letting their guard down. We've had, you know, a 5,000% growth on TikTok, which Mm -hmm. is crazy. Um, And it goes to show you there's so much more that we're hearing from companies that we're working with that they want to do more on that platform. Um, Twitter is also just a big partner of ours. We stream all of our races there. Um, they're running adjacent to the NBC broadcast on this Sim Cup series. So that's been working well for us. And then, you know, Insta for us has been a way to really show the the visuals of the sport. So you'll see a bit more cinematography, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, the scenic routes of where the drones, you know, race through and a little bit more from a visual perspective we're using that channel for those you know instagram stories along with the posts that we can do about the results of our different events as well so for those at home uh, on twitter it's at drone race league at drone race league really cool uh 300 viewers on twitter of the FanDuel SIM Cup that we're talking about. You can check it out. The, the, it's on there in its entirety. And um, I stand corrected. The, the, you can see it on NBC Sports Network every weekend. It's not always on Saturday. So uh, just follow them and you can, and you can um, you follow them on Twitter. You'll get all the information there. 
So I think, Rachel, pretty interesting part here, I think. We're going to segue into your, your past. But before we go to the past, I do want to just get your crystal ball in the future. How does content and content creation play into your vision for DRL moving forward? It's going to be a big part of it. I mean, I've already seen the statistics around our growth. And so much of that has come through these channels. So when you think about, you know, any sport, close to 100%, you never may go live to a sport, depending on what it is. And when we think about giving everyone that firsthand look, we have to rely heavily on what is being pushed out through social and, and digital as well as broadcast channels. So absolutely, I'm in the midst right now of really white sheeting. Where have we been? Where do we wanna be? Who are the partners we want to be in business with? And what sets us up for incredible success and growth as we move forward? So it will absolutely be a bedrock of so much of what we continue to do. Awesome. So now now the fun part, too, is kind of connecting to the past. You spent two decades at the NBA leveraging, uh, obviously, the then globally exploding brand, Hello, Michael Jordan, um, as the head of... <laughs> I hope you watched. Did you watch it? Oh, not only did I watch my business partner, Tom Smithberg, who I started Teamworks with 20 years ago, he was the media relations director for the Bulls, so that's how I met him. If you wanted an interview ah. in the 90s with Jordan or Phil Jackson, you had to go through him. So I don't remember in the last episode, the guy who snuck Rodman out of the arena... That's oh my, yeah, that's Tom. That's my business partner. So uh, yeah, we watched. We loved it. So what about you? What did you think? Definitely. Well, and I was, you know, it's like long term, short term memory. But I was at the league two years in. Obviously, that that filming season because they started in uh, in '96. But just so many faces, and even seeing David Stern with the mustache, yeah. you know, drafting <laughs> Jordan, you know, it just brings back such great memories. And I think now more than ever for the sports community, and particularly, I'll, you know, love the NBA for the rest of my life, be a fan, um, you know, so fortunate to have worked there and with just incredible uh, colleagues. It was such a nice opportunity to really celebrate so much of not just the sport, but give everyone that like behind the scenes yeah. look that they are so craving for. Yeah, my business partner's been talking about this documentary for 20 years because he was there behind the scenes, literally quite, and he was the one coordinating with NBA Entertainment. And he, we started calling him Snuff, the, the project Snuffleupagus because we're like, where the hell is this thing? He, he'd been talking <laughs> about it since like 99. So, so it's a good segue though because at the NBA, they were one of the, maybe not the originator, NFL films I would give credit to maybe, but one of the originators of the content studio concept, right? At the NBA, they created NBA Entertainment as its own revenue generating marketing company and content company as a ancillary to the NBA, the league office. And so I'm curious, um, as the woman who is the rainmaker for the NBA, what are some of the key learnings that, that you built and are transferring from that experience to DRL? Yeah, so when I think about, oh my God, NBA Entertainment, because that's one of the first departments that I was in this management uh, rotation program, mm -hmm. and that was literally one of the first departments. We were working at the NBA at 
50 at the time, the 50 greatest players, if oh, you remember yeah. that. I remember right? that. Yep. <laughs> With Denzel Washington. Yep. And, you know, I had the, you know, again, just such an incredible opportunity of working on that at the time and running all around the country with the players that were part of it. And anyway, that, that worked out great. But when I think about just that business and what the NBA had the vision to do was everyone wants to be courtside and everyone wants to understand what they don't see with the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. So I think I said earlier about, you know, 99.9% of people will never go to an NBA game. So that is why when you think about content being so paramount and, you know, content is king and all those overused cliches Mm -hmm. is you have to make sure that every fan then feels like they have a courtside seat. So that's the bar that you really need to set for yourself. It's all about that view and the behind the scenes and bringing people closer to the players and their rituals, you know, the practice that Steph Curry does before he actually starts the game. Everyone's seen that documented and the number of threes that he hits and the half court shots, all of that, when you think about, you know, where it started, it really was back, you know, a number of years ago with NBA entertainment, just feeling like, the broadcasts are great, but how do we build a business and, you know, wrap sponsors around it? Mm -hmm. When I was on the partnership side is who doesn't want to bring something to their customers that nobody else gets. So that's why there's so much content that was gated um, for different communities. When you thought about, again, making them feel like they have that courtside seat. So growing up, with that mentality, um, it's definitely what I see here at DRL. I'm like, wait a second. So we were at, at, like, we did a race in Singapore and we flew drones around a palace in Europe. And what, like, where's the footage? Like, where's the footage <laughs> that we can dust off right now, mm-hmm. you know, and show? And, and the pilots, you know, as I am meeting them in, you know, Zoom chats and, and other things, they have great stories, like yep. how they got into drones and why they fly, what they love about the community. And then seeing it through my 10-year-old's eyes when I told them, mommy has a new job, we didn't know, you know, they didn't know anything about right. drone racing. They knew drones were cool, so I immediately, you know, I had that going for me with this new job. Um, but literally within two weeks, they had watched um, one of the re-airs that we had streamed of the 2019 season. They quickly studied up on the pilots. I have a Fluxy fan. I have a Vanover <laughs> fan. This is not a hard sport to learn and understand. And we don't expect the commitment of hours and hours that you have to actually put in. So when we think about the content and bringing our fans closer, I look at how do we bring it, where they want it, when they want it, how they want it Mm -hmm. on their phones, on TV, through social, 
all of that and then what content is performing the best. And like I said, who doesn't want to see Vanover, you know, who, by the way, flies planes Mm. and he's also one of our DRL pilots. So these fun facts and information that we could be sharing, it really then builds that connection with, um, you know, our millions of fans and, and the fans that we don't have right now that I'm going after. Uh, I loved, I just love the way that you talk about it, and it's why I wanted to have you on. And I think that the community that, that we're trying to build are people who think like this, right? It's just the, it's the, it's that 360 degree, which is a cliche view of your customers, right, and stakeholders, and how do you, how do you use content in all these different ways and all these different platforms um, to connect with them, which is ultimately, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's so funny at the end of the day, um, I often talk about, it's just, it's a, it's about the strength of the community that you're building, not the raw numbers, mm-hmm. right? And, and mm-hmm. it seems that uh, you, DRL has already done that. And as I, you know, I, I quite candidly just became, as I mentioned, I had I had no idea. And I, it was one of those things when I, I was like, who's this DRL? Look what they're doing. This is awesome. And I was so pleasantly surprised. It was like the deeper I dug in, I was like, this is unbelievable. And I know it won't be... Um, a secret for long and it's into you've got hundreds of thousands of or mil, i should say hundreds of millions of fans around the world and so i, I want to tap on that though that this disruptor nature that caught my attention um you you've been there for two months it's 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 it's, it's truly laughable that you're you know we're talking about um an a non-laughable situation but like becoming president of an entity when you're not allowed to go into an office, it's just it, it, the timing is, is is crazy. But you can only tell you're proactive. This is dis, there was this disruptive nature to the brand that that you're coming on board to. Share the keys, perhaps through a content lens, about the cultural elements that you think you need and, and how you're building that disruptor or or even furthering the disruptor culture that that you've created. That listeners might be able to have some takeaways. So what's so nice when I think about, you know, being a disruptor is I like to break rules in a good way. I've (laughs) grown up with the mentality of step into traffic, be first, innovate. When you think about David Stern's vision and Adam Silver and whether it's business or philanthropic initiatives, at the end of the day, it's how do we use the best minds to really put together the best programming and opportunities um, to build incredible businesses and cultures, by the way, because the people are so integral to the output, you know, and and especially during these times, um, starting a new job during a pandemic, literally meeting 100% of my team virtually. And being able to, you know, adapt really quickly to everyone's situation and also anxiousness, just as we're thinking about doing things differently. So, you know, my mentality, which won't be too different from stakes in the ground that we put at DRL is you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, especially now there's incomplete data when are live events coming back? Yeah. When is this happening? You know, there there's no crystal ball. And even people that are putting 
states out there, they're getting moved. Mm -hmm. So with all of that said, you can't sit back and wait for the data to be perfect. You're going to have to take risks and make bets. And that's where I've seen us really pivot and win in these past several weeks, which will blend into several months. And even as I'm sitting here today, talking with arenas and stadiums about bringing a drone race to their building, which, by the way, has not had sports or concerts or anything. Mm -hmm. They want to be first movers in terms of when government restrictions are lifted and Cuomo. And, you know, when you look at New York and California right now, when you have the top leaders saying sports community, we want to support you in a safe way to bring something back, even without fans, we want to be part of that discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's so much of what, you know, we're doing right now is having that mentality of not resting on any laurels or successes, um, particularly for me and thinking about how do I take this incredible team and staff and continue to motivate them, you know, drumming up new things and making sure that we are just eyes wide open about what is going on and knowing what resources and ideas that we have, how do we blend those together to bring, you know, just incredible new opportunities to our avid fans, you know, that have known us. But even like you said, like, you saw a little bit of what we're doing. It looks like you've now watched, I heard. Um, And in a couple of weeks, you probably feel like, you know, you're the drone going zero to 90 (laughs) on our business. And, you know, hopefully this is how we've hooked someone to say, you know, I like what this sport about. They're cutting edge. They're exciting. It's multi-generational. And, you know, as you know, we think about whether people are with their kids, their parents, their siblings, whatever it is right now, it's something that they can tune into. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I think the number one takeaway that I want, I I would hope that the folks that are listening to this are, it's just, it's just such, it's such a great reminder of taking chances. And like, I love that. Like you're look, most people are sitting there. I mean, look, we have clients that are in the collegiate space and you look at higher ed and it, they're all, it, it, metaphorically, it's all like they're looking at around the room being like, you go first, you go first, no, you go first. And you're like, you guys are like, okay, you want to experiment? We'll experiment. Let's go. You want to open your stadium? Let us in. Here we go. You know, and so I, I, I just um, applaud what you guys are doing and, and being so proactive and, um, you know, keep it up and, and, Look, the exposure that you're getting, and I'm watching it, and I, I've, like I said, I have a, a closer eye on it now that I've gotten to know you and, and been following the brand. But you're getting a lot of publicity out there. You guys are creating some noise, and it's um, during a time where it's a great opportunity for disruptor brands, and in particular in, in the sports space. So kudos to you for that. So um, I, I think the last thing I always love is just this is my selfish self-indulgence piece and that's I call it the morning musts and particularly the way that you consume industry relevant news whether that's sports media or in this case you know drone drone related 
Um, who gets into Rachel Jacobson's inbox in the morning or who are the key social media followers for you? Walk us through how you kind of get up and, and get up to speed in the world and the business side of your life. Well, you know with that layup, I'm going to start with my DRL. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, whether it's – I'm checking out what we're posting out there too, Jay. So mm-hmm. I'm checking out our Insta and our Twitter and all those great things. Um, I, I go to Sports Business Journal, which has been kind of the industry Bible mm-hmm. that I'm checking into – kind of every morning. And then I think about just a broad range of Forbes and fortune. And, um, you know, there's a a number of women focused industry newsletter as well. I like the broadsheet. Mm -hmm. I like female quotient. Um, but then one that I think is the LinkedIn community is, you know, a bit more, um, I would say dialed in right now, uh, during this time of maybe remote working, I think uh, it's been a great feed in terms of really aggregating some of the best articles mm-hmm. from the journal and, and like I said, Fortune and, and Forbes, where they're aggregating, you know, data and you know, thought starters. I'm reading up a lot around, you know, employee well-being when we think about the mental health and also how important innovation during these times are. So that is, that's kind of the roster. I stay up too late, you know, <laughs> catching up on reading and I wake up too early then tapping back in. <laughs> awesome. Well, Rachel Jacobson, president of Drone Racing League, appreciate you for coming on. If you want to follow Rachel or the Drone Racing League, um, you can go to on Twitter, it's at Drone Race League. And the website is thedroneracingleague.com. Um, I highly invite you guys to do that. You, you will be, if if your mind is anything like me and you're relatively new to it, um, you'll be you'll be pleasantly blown away by it. So, Rachel, thanks so much for sharing your time with us, um, and hope we can come back and reconnect at some point in the future. Ah, uh, thanks so much, and you know, continued good health and safety to you and your family. Likewise, thanks, Rachel.